0: Well, welcome everyone to week two of our series, Accept All Cookies. We're talking about how we can find a deep relationship with Jesus in the age of shallow, where so many people are saying to themselves, my relationships are getting less meaningful, I'm feeling more alone, where feelings of loneliness are escalating like crazy. We're talking about how we can avoid anything ever coming in the way of our intimate and meaningful relationship with God the lover of our souls, the one who freed us, who healed us, who made us, who offers to transform us, deliver us, who wants to walk with us, be with us, the God who calls us friends, the God who says we are brothers and sisters, who welcomes us into intimacy and relationship, who says, come all who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Come drink freely of the waters. Welcome, come close to me. I knock at the door, the Bible tells us, and anyone that would open, I would come in. And I would eat a meal with them as a friend meets with their friend. And I believe that what God wants for you and I more than anything else is meaningful, intimate, real, and deep relationship with Him. We talked last week around pursuing the knowledge of God about how what God wants for us more than anything else in our lives is the knowledge of Him. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. How what God wants for us more than the activity of our faith is the intimacy of our faith. That we can get caught up in the form and the ritual and the liturgy and the activity and the semblance of religion, but we can miss out on true intimacy, the knowledge of God. God doesn't want us to know about Him That's good, but we can read scriptures and learn a lot. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you find life, but you won't come to me. He's trying to highlight the fact that knowledge about God doesn't get us to heaven. That knowledge about God isn't gonna change our lives. He doesn't want knowledge about Him. He wants knowledge of Him. He doesn't want us to know things of Christianity. He wants us to know the one who is the object of our faith. He wants us to know Him personally, experientially, intimately, to have a walking, breathing, living, life-changing, transforming relationship with God. As I've been studying for this series, I've been spending a lot of time in John chapter 15, an incredibly central passage of Scripture where Jesus talks to us about Our lives and Him and our relationship, it's very central to our relationship with God. Where in this passage, He talks about the Father as being the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. Let's read together from John chapter 15 and verse one. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Sometimes we lose things in our lives and we mourn the loss of them, not knowing that they weren't giving us life, they were taking our life. And Jesus said, if it's not life given, it's gone. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. We talked about this verse recently where Jesus segues to a different topic And he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. It seems out of context in this metaphor that we go from a vineyard to cleanliness. But Jesus is wanting you and I to understand there are no barriers between you and God. God doesn't look at you and see unclean, dirty, imperfect, unworthy, not deserving of. Jesus is just wanting you and I to know you're clean because of the sacrifice of Jesus. You're loved by God because of Jesus. You're welcomed because of Jesus. And anybody who wants to come to God will never be turned away from Him. Then he goes on and in verse four is where we're kind of gonna dwell in verse four and five today, where he says, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me. Abide in me. Me, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. So that's who we are, right? He is the vine and we are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. Jesus is trying to highlight for us that the life is found in our connection to the vine, that there is not life in and of ourselves in independence from Him, in a life that is built with only the semblance of Him. He is saying the life is found in the vine. What you and I need is to abide in Him. The life is in the vine. The intimacy we need is in Him. The transforming power is in Him. The freedom is in Him. The life is in Jesus. In, uh, in this amazing passage of Scripture we get in Luke's Gospel where Jesus is taken to the temple by Joseph and Mary for the Feast of Passover. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is 12 years old and they have to take their family to Jerusalem for the Festival of Passover. This is a festival of, of high importance. This is the pinnacle of their expressions of worship, the Passover, where we remember the sacrificial lamb that was slain in order for Israel to be spared, the avenging angel, and then to walk out free from the land of Exodus. It's a very, very important time for their culture, for them as a family, and it was a major moment for them of worship. And the Bible tells us that when Joseph and Mary went to the temple, for the Feast of Passover, the festival takes place, the festival ends, and at the end of it all, Joseph and Mary leave. They travel on for an entire day, and the Bible says that they thought that Jesus was with them. It was only after an entire day of journeying that they realized that Jesus has not left Jerusalem with them. That they had gone through all of the experience of their worship, They had gone through all the form of their religion. They'd done what they thought relationship with God looks like, and Jesus had simply stayed behind. They come face to face with this reality. We thought Jesus was with us, and He no longer is. In our lives, where we are attempting to find a meaningful relationship with God, I find it important to stop and to ask the question regularly. Is Jesus with me? Is Jesus with me? Now, He loves me. He loves you. And He's never going to remove Himself from us. He's never going to walk away from us, give up on us, reject us, turn His back on us. But the truth is that we can get busy with the activity of our lives. We can move on from His presence. We can get consumed with our Journey, And one day we are brought face to face with the question, is Jesus with me? Not was he with me, but is he right now? Am I walking in connection and intimacy and relationship with God? Jesus said, abide in me. Abide in me. That of central consequence to us in our pursuit of relationship with God is to abide in him. I think sometimes we just get so confused about what a relationship with God really looks like. We reduce relationship with God down to some very very trivial things. Like a relationship with God means that I go to church on Sunday that I pray a prayer when I get up in the morning. I might even read a few verses of Scripture, say grace, I don't swear. I live my life in line with some fundamental goodness things, some fundamental religious things, and that means that I have a, a relationship with God. That's, that's not it. That's, none of these things are bad things, but they're just not it. What God wants from us is us. What God wants from you is you. God wants Connection, God wants relationship, God wants intimacy, God wants meaning, God wants connection, God wants centrality, God wants a relationship with us that is central to everything we do and the person that we are. He wants us to abide in Him. When we look at the original creation that God did in creating the heavens and the earth and creating Adam and Eve and placing them in the garden. There could be so many misgivings as to what God was doing when he created the heavens and the earth and when he created Adam and Eve. And I need you to understand that the purpose of creation was for the extension of relationship. When you look up and you see the stars at night, when you welcome the sunrise or farewell the sunset, when you go through storms or when you stand in the stillness, when you see all of the creation around you, remember that that is merely the window dressing for the central thing that God created. What God created centrally was you. A God of love desired more to extend his love to. He wanted to give love away and for that love to be reciprocated back. And so God made at the center of all that He created, you and me, that we might live in intimacy and relationship with Him. Adam and Eve, when we find them in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God, they talked with God. If they had a concern, they brought it to God. If they needed wisdom, they could get it from God. If there was fear, it could be relieved by God. They lived in that garden in intimacy and in clear identity and wisdom and with an ever present source of help in times of trouble. And then we discover about Adam and Eve that they chose to sin. And because of that sin, they ended up in independence from God. They were separated from God. And in the opening few verses following their separation from God, the loss of their intimacy an abiding relationship with God, we find the greatest struggles of our generation in just a few verses of Scripture. We've got anxiety, fear, deceptive emotions, poor self-image, forsaken confidence, loss of purpose. Adam and Eve, who have been living in childlike wonder, in acceptance, in grace, in confidence, in meaning, in substance, without yearning or self-loathing, without comparisons, without negativity, literally able to walk without clothing, standing naked and unashamed, are suddenly filled with emotions that made them feel like they were inferior and unworthy and didn't measure up. They cowered in the the surface of life. They hid in the shadows. They lost so much when they lost their intimacy with God. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. The life is in me. The life must be in you. We find with Adam and Eve that when they lost the life, they lost so much, we find them walking in the shadows afraid and cowering in the midst of life. And for millennium of human history, ever since, the central desire of God has been to get us back out of those shadows and back into relationship with Him. Look at what God did when He sent Jesus to this earth. He sent Him here to restore relationship, not by just having a few conversations, or those, although those were all transformational, but by His death upon a cross, when we see the cross and pain and suffering and agony and death, when we own up to the fact that Jesus upon the cross was separated from the Father for a moment, He cried out and said, My Father, My Father, why have You forsaken Me? He was disconnected from the Father so that we could be connected back to God again. And when we look at the entire record of creation and redemption before us, it would be so demeaning of our God if we were to trivialize relationship with God down to a few little pieces of religious activity and tokenism. When we think about what God wants from us, it's important that we remember what God wants is you. God wants you. He wants to walk with you, talk with you, dream with you, plan with you, reflect with you, love with you, laugh with you, mourn with you, console with you, be with you, walk with you. He wants to be in every part of every moment of every life, every second of our lives. What God wants is you, is you. When I look at Jesus and I look at His life and I realize that no one who ever came to Jesus ever got turned away, it fills me with awe and wonder that God is just here for you. A prostitute wants to come, she can come. A leper wants to come, they can come. A child wants to come, they can come. A tax collector's got a yearning in their heart for God, Jesus gives them a day. A religious leader is afraid of people's perceptions, so he comes to Jesus in the dead of night. Jesus doesn't turn him away. He doesn't say come back in daylight. He welcomes him. Doesn't matter how you come to God. Doesn't matter what's broken on the inside of you. Doesn't matter how undeserving you feel or apprehensive you are or what your reflection is of you that would make you feel unworthy. God welcomes all. He says, come to me. I welcome you. I want you. What God wants is you. The wisest thing we can do with our lives is to live them openly, completely, fully in relationship with God. In John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He's trying to make us an agricultural metaphor and I'm a gardener, so I get it. He's saying that there is no life in the branch. If the branch is not connected to the vine, then the branch may look whatever it looks right now, but the life is ebbing from it. Death is already set in. Eventually, it's gonna be a dry stick. He's saying the life is in the vine. The primary concern is the branch connected to the vine. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. I am the vine. I am the vine. You are the branch. You are the branch. There's no life in John. There's no life in Bob. There's no life in you. The life is in Jesus. And the primary concern is, are we connected to the vine? Are we connected to Jesus? Because there's so many things, so many things that consume and orient themselves towards the central focus of our life. So many things that we get concerned about that can occupy our time, just like Joseph and Mary, who loved God, were living in line with His purpose, and then just lost Jesus. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in religious activity, the semblance of religion, the busyness of our lives, the activity that is before us, and to lose sight of Him. Jesus said in verse four, abide in me. You must abide in me. Remain in me. Dwell in me. The Message Bible translates, abides and says, make your home in me. Jesus is saying, make a relationship with God our home home. Make your home in His love. Make God the closest relationship you have. This is not just about a church service, a token prayer. It's not about just a devotion. Obviously there's nothing wrong. I'm pro. Go to church. Pray. Read your Bible. But let's take it deeper. Jesus is saying don't just read about me. Come to me. Abide in me. He says, you need me in every moment of every day. You are, I am your waking, I am your sleeping. I am your healer, I am your freer. I am the one who is close to me, to you. I am the one that you need, says your God. And he says to all of us to come close to him, to yield to him, to draw near to him, to find him, to discover him, to rest in him, to give him everything. He's saying, let me be your all every day and every moment, make Jesus central. I've been thinking about this series and I've been thinking about a moment from when I was a youth pastor. Um, you may not know this about me, but when I was a teenager, I was a skateboarder. I was into skateboards before most of you guys were born. I mean, I was into skateboards when they had one kicktail. I was into skateboards when the first shipment of Van shoes arrived into cheapskates on Khyber Pass in Auckland. That's how old I am. I have been a skater from the early days. We wore Dickies pants and, and uh, Vans shoes, and we did kick flips on these big wide boards. That was me. Then when I became a youth pastor, I decided to pick up skateboarding again because because lots of the boys that were in the youth group were into skating, and so I picked it up, and we had a lot of fun. I remember one day, I took a bunch of the boys from the youth group to Cornwall Park, and I had a car, and we attached ropes to the back, and then I was towing them uh, on the closed streets of Cornwall Park. We had a whole lot of fun. But unfortunately, I was 23 years old and stupid. So I decided it was getting a bit boring just driving at the same speed. Maybe we should just take the speed up just a little bit. And when I decided to do that, there were two guys on the back of the, the, the ropes, you know, behind the car. And when I decided to accelerate, one of the guys just went straight to the side of the road and he just did a few, you know, rolls on the grass and he was fine. The other guy decided to hang on. And I quickly realized that this was not a good idea when one of them bailed. And so I began to decelerate, but it was too late. Already his skateboard started to get the speed wobbles going backwards and forwards. And then suddenly the board was gone and he just went forward and he landed on the pavement, hands first and chin second. And he got up from the ground And he's yelling, I mean, he's just a young kid really, just like 12, 13, 14 years old. And so he's yelling, my hands, my hands. He's yelling, my hands, my hands. And obviously the the hands hitting the floor had been painful for him. But what he didn't realise was that his chin had a three centimetre cut in it like this wide that was now just like a second mouth, just, you know, blood pouring out of it. And he was feeling something and thinking that was the problem. This was not the problem. This was the problem. What he thought was the issue was not the real issue. What he was staring at was causing him pain, but it wasn't the real thing that was broken in his life. And sometimes there is a difference in our lives between what you feel and the real issue, between what you are, what's giving you pain and what's really going on. I need to just say this before I feel terrible, but that's the first time I've ever shared that story and I have felt bad about it for literally like the last 20 years of my life. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me as a youth pastor and I feel shame even putting it out there, but I needed to have an illustration for this to say that there's a difference between the pain that you're experiencing and the real symptom of what's going on. I mean, we could look at Adam and Eve when they came out of relationship with God and we could tunnel down and have all sorts of counseling about why they were anxious and why they were now had a poor self-image and why they didn't like their bodies anymore and why they were filled with all this toxicity and negativity and fear and apprehension when just, just moments before, they had been so bold and so confident. We could go through years of therapy and I'm not against therapy, I'm for it. But I'm just saying, what was centrally the issue was that they were no longer abiding in Jesus. And maybe what we need to do is we need to learn from Joseph and Mary. We need to learn from Adam and Eve. We need to come back to this one central question. Are we abiding in Jesus? What God wants is you. He wants relationship with you. God wants us to pray continually. That's not a verse to ratchet up your religious pressure. It's saying, invite God into a constant, ongoing conversation. God, I'm a bit stressed about this message. Like, He doesn't mind me praying that. God wants us to live aware of Him, listening to His leading, yielding to His life. To abide in Jesus is to grow to a place where we start to say, I don't want anything without you. I don't want a life that is independent from you. I don't wanna go through this day without you. I want to abide in you. I wanna be grafted into the vine. The only way I can do anything is through you. So I yield to you. I look to you. I actively love you. I choose you. I worship you. I adore you. I want what you want. I love what you love. I hate what you hate. care for what you care for. I wanna live my life in you. And in every moment, I bring you into it. In every circumstance, I pause for you. In In every environment, I think about where you are. I want you. There is a friend, the scripture says, who is closer than a brother. There is a healer for your soul. There is a God who says, No matter what's going on in your life, come to me. And everything that is broken, I can heal it. Every storm that rages on the inside of you, I can give you a peace in lieu of even the circumstances changing. But what we must do is make the pursuit of our lives the knowledge of Him and to abide in Him. I want Let me pray for you because I sense God speaking to people right now, right now, right where you are. Lord, I just sense your breathing, speaking. There are people that have lost sight of you, caught up in so many other things and today you're wanting to bring us back to you. Where is Jesus? Have I got God? God, I pray that you would awaken within each and every one of us a yearning, seeking heart. I thank you that you wanna free so many people. I just sense that there are some anxious souls and God's just saying, I wanna calm that anxiety, come to me. There are some fearful people and God's saying, come to me. There's some broken lives and God's saying, I wanna be your healer. Some lonely people and Jesus says, I wanna be your best friend. God's saying, would you abide with me? Would you walk with me? Would you live aware of me? Would you open up your life to me? Would you give me your all? God, I pray over your people right now. And I declare your peace and your presence and your life. Oh God, we're the branches and we're in need of the vine. So breathe on us, we pray in your mighty name. Amen and amen.